0: Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $600 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that's right for you with accessories like our cycling shoes, a heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited-time offer ends December 6th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 6, 2022. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.
1: Hey everyone and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing. your podcast all about, well, the greatest episode of Once upon a time. Five stars, 10 out of 10. Review over. Thanks so much for joining us and Abby. We'll see you next week.
2: See you next week, Bev. Yay <laughs> Oh so excited. I like that you're trying to pretend like it's gonna be a short episode when in fact, strap in everybody. This will be either the shortest or longest episode of Once Upon a Timing. Hard to say.
1: Yes, because we are talking about Season 4, Episode 2, Wide Out, which, when we went into this episode, we thought it was, you know, just setting up Frozen, maybe teasing out the, the, the other Snow Queen, because just last week we were like, ah, I wonder when that Bo Peep thing happens. It's just like, was it in our collective consciousness? Did this actually exist? It does, and guys, it was in the second episode of the season, and I am so happy. Pure joy is is running through my veins, and I—I I mean, what else can I say other than greatest episode of all
2: time? So I get—I'm I'm minding my business the other night, and I get an all caps text from Beth, Abby. It's happening. And then Beth proceeds to look for the appropriate GIF response to tell me what's happening. And in that time, Beth, I didn't tell you this. I did five total Google searches before your GIF came through because I didn't know what you were talking about. Oh, no. I I Google searched in various ways once upon a time reboot (laughs) because that's where my brain immediately went. And then your gift came out, and I fully stood up. <laughs> it's happening! It it like I got somehow more excited about the Bo Peep storyline. Oh, I'm so pumped! And also, and I told you this, Beth. Uh, everything I know about this entire arc happened in this episode. I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna get the Bo Peep storyline. We're gonna get Anna teaching Charming how to sword fight. It's the same episode. Mm-hmm. It's the same episode. Yeah. I'm so. I'm so happy. I'm so happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna get into it because there's there's a lot that happens in this episode. Um, I mean, it is the you know preface. Is, this is the greatest episode of all time. Greatest episode of Once Upon a Time, hands down. But also, it, <laughs> it's got its situations. That we have to talk about. But we're talking about it under the caveat that it is the greatest episode of all time. So I mean, what are we gonna do? We can we can I, criticize, we- but it's from a place of love because this thing needs no correction.
2: This thing is flawless from beginning to end. When you give us something like a warlord named Bo Peep with her very ominous crook. Uh it it's really it's a lot easier to see the holes and the flaws. You can't give us something so wonderful and expect us not to see. It. Like sometimes when it's all muddled together, you're like, okay, whatever, but like the shining moment of everything the dress, the hair, her then later occupation, guys. I I don't I was worried we'd built it up too much. I'm not gonna lie to you, Beth. I was worried. <laughs> I got worried after our conversation last week. I was like, "Oh no, Beth and I are too hyped. It's not going to be what we remember it to be." And it was everything and more. It was. I'm so happy when when you have when you when you
1: set when you when you set the bar so high for yourself with having Bo Peep as a mob boss and and Anna teaching David how to sword fight. You know, you're 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 going to have to nitpick a little bit because. You, you've already created perfection. And, and you know, our job, our nay, our responsibility is to discuss the goods and the bads. I mean, in this one, there are no bads. It's all great. It's all the greatest thing of all time. But then how else are we going to fill this time? And one thing I do want to note about um, Bo Peep's dress, which was wild. It was a, a gorgeously crafted chaos. Uh, apparently it was, they made it in two days. Like, costume designer bravado
2: because this thing looked very beautiful but it was chaos so i do have a theory because of the way that the dress was it was very it had a lot of purples and it was very shiny and had gold trims and so like it just had a lot of like very shimmery colors we're going to put it that way what i think happened this is my theory. No one correct me. It makes me happy when they told them, because Disney said you can have on and Elsa, but you have to put them in the correct outfits. They got carte blanche on fabric and someone went to Joanne fabrics and got every shiny fabric they could get to make sure that they could make the perfect Elsa dress. And they knocked it out in a couple of bolts of fabric, but then they had all this extra. they were like, what are we going to do? I know we're going to make a gorgeous dress. Out of all this extra purple we have. Who, who are we going to put in it? Stay with me. The mob boss. <laughs> <laughs> with a Cockney accent for no discernible reason. It's just, I i can't, like, they're going to do this later with Ingrid, but I just love that I feel like a conversation was had of, we have to have Elsa in this damn dress this whole season how do we make it not weird? I know everyone will be in weird, impractical dresses for the rest of the season. and in starting with Bo Peep. You think Elsa's is crazy? Check out this lady. Amazing. I I I just love it and I love her lounge. We'll get into it, but I love everything about Bo Peep's character. It's so unhinged. And she's also, as I I, I someone pointed out what's strange about it, she's not even a fairy tale character. She's just a nursery rhyme.
1: Yeah, it's not a lot to pull from. I mean, that's the beauty of that's the greatness of Once Upon a Time. Greatness comes from anywhere. It's like Ratatouille. Anyone can be great. In this case, Little Bo Peep Sands a little is great. Let's go ahead and start in Storybook in modern times. We're saving the best for near last. We're going to start with Elsa. Who is in town, she has discovered her, that Anna, her sister, is somewhere nearby, but doesn't sure where. So what is her strategy, Abby? How, what is her genius
2: plan to find her sister? She, uh, if, if if I can't find Anna, no one in this town gets to leave. So she makes a giant wall? She puts a big dome? Is it a dome or is it just a big, like... Wall of the North keeping out ice walkers. Like, I, I don't understand the structure of what is being built here.
1: Yeah, it's, so from what I heard it, from Hook, it's an ice wall that's around the whole town. Does that mean it's around the the ocean? The, the bay? Can a ship leave? Who knows? It's magic wall. Who cares? But my favorite part is that her genius plan to find her sister is
2: to build a wall and then hide in it and just stay in there. So and so, my nitpick is going to come with Elsa's characterization in this mm-hmm. uh, because I, I'm I I it starts to kind of fall apart especially when um when Emma gets there so okay so she basically barricades herself in an ice cave and she's like I'll find you and then makes this she's like no one's going to leave and she makes this big ice wall and then decides to not do anything and hide. But in doing this, she knocks out power to the whole to the whole of Storybrooke. So we'll just we'll just jump cut to Beth. What do you do if your whole city lost power? Who would you immediately be screaming at to fix it personally? Is it the mayor? Are you at the mayor's home? Not who's only, on
1: maternity leave. Yeah. Not only am I at the mayor's home, I'm at the mayor's home at night. With a newborn who needs to sleep. Because that's how courteous I am. See, I can understand Grumpy doing that. I can maybe understand Sleepy doing that. Granny? Hell no. Granny knows better. The fact that she was along with them and just followed their schemes because she couldn't get her hot plate on is mind-blowing to me. I don't care how funky her oysters are getting in the weirdest line in the episode, she knows better. She's raised, she's had children. She's raised children.
2: Yes, so we go and they, so Snow is on baby duty. She's trying to, and you get the sense immediately. They they tell you she's having a, a rough go because it is a newborn and she she's laying down Neil. She's like, okay, I love you so much. I'll talk to you in three hours when you're screaming at my, yeah, we're going to scream at me. Because that's how babies who breastfeed, they it's every couple of hours they they just kind of don't sleep through the night, especially as a newborn. It's great; children are awesome. And as this is happening, like a lot of other things are happening, a note from Regina shows up that just says, "Henry, no thanks. Uh, let's let me keep my distance. I'm going through a tough time." Because <laughs> I love Henry so much. Henry did a Google search: "How to help with a breakup." And it came up with all these like cosmopolitan answers, <laughs> red wine, chocolates. Where? How did he Emma's get like, the wine? I, I thought the same thing, but then I also remembered he's like the only child and his mom is a witch. Like, well, one of his mothers is a witch. So I just assumed that they were like, yeah, here you go, Henry. Like Henry has like a standing order to be able to buy anything he needs in case she needs like notions of some sort. Mm,
1: fair. Yeah, so I, he's very bummed about yeah. it. And, and understandably
0: so. Oh, he's very so. bummed.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's a tough thing to tell a kid. Like, could you, like, that's not how, that's, I don't like this in the fact that this is just not how kids work. Like, you don't get to distance yourself from a kid because you're going through a breakup. Like, children of divorce probably know this. Like, yeah. You, I, you know what I mean? Like, it. she's not going through a breakup with Emma. She's going through a breakup with somebody else. Henry can still be around. He is a child. He still needs to be cared for.
1: It also doesn't track with, like, she spent so, she was separated from him for so long and her only motivation was to to be with him again. Like, she's felt the pain of separation from him that was out of her control. So why, all of a sudden, when it's in her control, is that what she's going with? Like, I don't like this. No. Um, I am going to um, share something with you that's going to
2: blow your brain. I, I, okay, I can't imagine. Go for it. I just, <laughs> already notched up to 11. Oh, this is, this is,
1: this is gonna go straight to like 13 plus. Like, we're hitting the 13th floor. Well, as we know, Henry is upset and Emma tries to even get him to do a new operation, Operation Mongoose or something. And he's, he's not having it. He's very depressed. He wants to be with his mother and he needs to be alone. There's a deleted scene. And this deleted scene, I read the description. I'm just going to read it to you because I can't do this justice. Okay? So excited. All right. Read it as dramatically as possible. I will. It's called Time Will Tell. Bell and Mr. Gold enter the shop to discover it's been broken into. Before discussing who could have done it, Henry reveals himself. Belle leaves the room so Henry and Mr. Gold can talk about why Henry's there. Henry claims he wants his false memories back because Regina is excluding him. It keeps going. Mr. Gold refuses, telling Henry having both good memories and bad memories are what make a person who they are. He also tells Henry he has both the blood of the Savior and the Dark One running through him so he should not give up.
2: I- That was deleted! That shouldn't have been made! <laughs> I hope I didn't just blow out my mic. Oh my god. Guys, I can't begin to be- explain to you the faces I was making while this was happening. I It was like a car crash unfolding in front of me.
1: Yes. So let's we have to unpack this. I'm not going to I normally don't spend this much time unpacking deleted scenes because technically in the canon it does not exist. But this blew my mind. This feels like fan fiction turned up to 14 in the worst possible way. So first we have Henry. Choosing to remove his memories of his mother because for one day she doesn't want to see him.
2: Just think about. For a second. I, it just, we, guys, we'll do anything except go to therapy, apparently. I just.
1: (sighs) But the thing that really grinds my gears about this is, yes, he does have the blood of the Savior. What the hell is the blood of the Dark One? Neil was born before he became the Dark One. Did the blood travel through osmosis? What does that even mean?
2: There's like a deleted scene somewhere else of them like sharing blood in some sort of oath. I... Wait, didn't they do that? Hold on. Wasn't there like a blood handshake at some point? I don't... What am I thinking about? I'm gonna look it up. I have oh, no idea what
1: you're <laughs> talking about but in any case, I don't think a drop would be enough to make it
2: so that he has the blood of the dark one. I mean, I... I, I... Tangentially, I get it, I guess. Yeah, Neil was conceived and like after the Dark One. But I guess it was still just like... Rumpel forget... Rumpel acts like the Dark One thing is him specifically. Like, it's something that just manifested. Like, that's the way he likes to talk about it. So I think sometimes he gets lost in his own sauce. And it's just like, I am the Dark One. It's like, you haven't been... All- You're cursed, man. Like, this is not something that... A boar was once the dark one. <laughs> I, what are you talking about? Oh my god. Let's see blood handshake. I'm typing this just straight into Google to see what happens.
1: It's like Rumple uh got to play um what would be a really good like part in a musical. Um he got to, oh again. He got to play Roger in a version of Rent. And his version of Roger is the best version of Roger, and no one else is as good as at Roger as, as him as Roger.
0: Yeah.
2: It's I his am part. Roger. He is Roger. Hey. I am Roger. No, you're not. You weren't even on a Broadway production. You were on a traveling one that went through the Midwest. Get bent. Like I, I just that is such a wild scene because I I have so many problems with the way that this is all done because it just. It, This is not how humans behave, even magical ones. If you need space from your own child to be alone, you communicate that with another adult or authority. You don't tell that to the child. Why? Because the child will act irrationally. Mm -hmm. Children don't understand. That's a big emotion for a very small body to process. It just doesn't work. This is why in divorce, you don't involve your children. They don't know how to process it. So I'm talking a lot about divorce today. I don't know why. So that that note that Regina sent that sent Henry into admittedly a cute scene, not a cute, a nice scene later that I really liked and definitely cried at, but deleted scene or not, sends him on a path of weirdness. Like he's acting weird with Emma because he doesn't want to go on the recon, which Henry not wanting to go on recon should be immediately like, I don't care if there's no power in the country Something's wrong with my child. He, he he should come with me. Again, he's not that old to be just leaving. I I just
1: like when he talks, he has a full this. man's voice now. Like people kind are not of. relating to him and, and the show is not yeah. engaging with him the way he should be at the age he's at. Like the show doesn't know the show doesn't know how old he is. And so they don't know no. how to treat him. No. But that's said, uh, I, I so, do really like the final scene with him and Regina. Uh, yes. I love that scene. So, I love his final
2: line is I miss my room. <laughs> I love that. That's what gets her to open the door. So good. Uh, so, so we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, so that happens. So Emma and charming and no hook doesn't go charming and Emma go. And Emma is telling charming. Hey man, this, this isn't like, this isn't normal. and Charming being his normal, charming, passive-aggressive and be like, hmm, I wonder what that's like. Can't relate to having a child who puts up walls constantly? Weird. Totally weird. (laughs) Wouldn't want to know how to deal with that at all. It's just like, both you and his other mom are just very walled off. And I'm like, this is very healthy relationships for everybody. And Charming is just I love, like, nonchalant Charming like right before he gets a mission in his brain because he is just... (laughs) always mm-hmm. like super casual and really funny he's he is at his peak between uh goalposts like between where he has to do something and when he's finished doing something he's amazing uh so they find the giant uh, ice wall mm-hmm. in the north and deduce that well the, the big ice monster didn't destroy these poles yesterday as you as you noted last week the, the ice monster was very nice to step over very and around all of yes. the very courteous ice monster. And then Hook shows up and Hook's just like, hey, what's happening? I was trying to get through my wordle. My phone died. I can't charge it. I don't know what to do. And now he's part of the fray. And Emma starts kind of like looking around trying to figure out like what's going on. She sees like something of like Elsa and like there's this like weird charming and Hook moment like I should ask you what my your intentions with my daughter are. It's like she is thirty, sir. No. <laughs> <Not all this laughs> and Hook's just like, listen, I would not be treating her as. Well, he calls her a funny pie. Like he call he refers to it as something as funny and that actually made me laugh. He's like, if I yeah, loot. If I thought she was loot, do you think I would like care this much? And terms like, I guess that's <laughs> a fair check assumption. Check in mate. Check You're all right, mate. sir. Uh, and so Emma finds Elsa runs into the cave. Well, she finds Elsa like barely concealed.
1: Emma Elsa like Elsa, El- Emma just like turns a corner and Elsa's just there.
2: Like, well, was she wanting to be found? as as we learned from the original frozen movie, Conceal don't feel. Elsa's very bad at both those things. She can't conceal and she feels constantly. She does not know how to hold it together. So she can't conceal herself. And I love, I love this so much. I love Elsa and Snow. I love them together. It's funny. Uh, Emma and Elsa. They're a good couple, like couple. They're a good pairing. Snow Queen. They're a good pairing. I like them a lot. Uh, I like their interactions of, first meeting because elsa just needs another person she i liked this up until they got trapped and the way elsa reacted and so you know emma's like fine we're gonna find your sister it's gonna be just perfectly fine no worries then charming and hook show up and like through a miscommunication and then them just reacting very um very alarming to a uh, platinum blonde waifish woman in the snow. There's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on? And she freaks out and traps them in the cave with her ice powers. So now Emma uh, in amazing lighting. I love her hair with that silvery mm-hmm. gray color of the light. I loved this. So now they're trapped in the cave and cheap ass- is <laughs> cheap, cheap ass plaster cave. I love this set. In such a weird ironic way. When they would do like wide shots from it. I'm like stop this. This (laughs) looks like high school theater. What are we doing? This is so bad. Like when they stare at it later. And Emma's like wow this is cool. Yes this big CGI wall. Super cool. But the practical ice is so bad. It's so cheap. Uh, Hook reacts. Very strongly. To Emma being trapped in the ice cave. Like the whole time he is in. Full distress. Like <laughs> I just, I love how he his his first thought is to scream Emma and then just start whacking at it with his hook. Whack <laughs> <Yeah>. whack. <laughs> he's got like, he got a little ice pick. He's like I'll get her. And I like Charmy's like that's not gonna help. Like hell, like hell it won't. Like if he gets <laughs> going he'll be fine. What are you gonna do? You're gonna fully leave the scene and figure something out. He could be over here chopping away. Where are we not calling the dwarves to bring their their mining picks? Like, hello, someone call Regina with her fireballs. They're oh. too busy screaming at a uh, a new mother who's stu-
1: who's still healing from her who's still healing from a giving birth
2: like two weeks fully, ago. Fully, fully still, fully still bleeding. Mm-hmm. Like, is wearing the special underpants they give you, guys. They give you special underpants at uh, the hospital, and it's awful. So. <laughs> So, listen, they're going to try to figure out how to get her out of that. Cut to Emma and Elsa having a nice little conversation as Emma slowly succumbs to hypothermia. I do like that Emma knows that she's succumbing to hypothermia, but continues to then lay down. Yes. She's like, oh, no, I just, I'm going to just, I'm going to rest my eyes. No, don't keep trying to talk to me. I know you're just trying to keep me alive. How dare you? Disgusting.
1: So a little behind the scenes funsies for this scene. Apparently the original plan was to shoot it in a meat locker so that they would actually be cold. But then they realized, oh, but then we'd see Elsa's breath and Elsa doesn't react to the cold because the cold doesn't bother her anyway. She literally says it in the episode. So instead they did it on a soundstage and um, apparently it was like 100 degrees in there. Over 100 degrees, so that's why that's why Emma's coat is open, even though she's supposed to be freezing to death, because it was so hot, she was sweating through her layers. So, so while having hypothermia, she was actually suffering from heat exhaustion.
2: Well, that would explain a lot of her acting choices, but at the same time, do people care about actors at all? Like, I keep hearing stories like... Whenever they have to be in water, the water's always ice cold, and they're like, oh, and then I almost died. What What is happening? What What yeah. is your job? As a, as a health and safety professional, I'm concerned on a number of levels, especially for an episode, for a show that does nothing but CGI. For them to be like, you know what a cool practical effect would be? Actually being cold and freezing to death to make sure that our breath is freezing. Could we edit out the breath? No, no. At no point did someone say, let's just edit in the breath. What the, why would you be in a meatlock? Okay. Okay. So Elsa and Emma have a conversation and Elsa's whole thing. I'm not going to go through this shot for shot. Emma is just having hypothermia and the whole time Elsa's entire character is being dismantled of the fact that she apparently can't even think without the presence of Anna. This is the queen of a nation. A queen of a nation who can't by herself go hole in wall. Yeah, I,
1: I was very... I mean, I was perplexed by this, but also not surprised. Because at the end of the movie, and this is supposed to be a continuation from the movie, at the end of the movie, she has gained control of her powers. And it was it was through, yes, her love of her her sister, but it was also her love of herself. Like, she let it go. She accepted herself. Right. And then so what they do, like they're backtracking it to make Anna like the security blanket that she can't, she is incapable of doing this on her own, which makes sense if you want to continue the theme of the movie, which is what they want to do, because these are the characters from the movie and we need to recreate the movie. But it doesn't make sense narratively
2: continuing Frozen. It also doesn't make sense by the things that they do. she very purposefully creates an ice wall around town it's not like she loses control and bursts one through her you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like she and and i guess that sort of makes sense because what happens if for some reason you have not seen frozen the first thing in frozen is she accidentally dives them into an arctic winter But then while she's letting it go and having her whole moment, she's able to miraculously make an ice dress and a castle and creatures uh, on like just on purpose. Like things that she knows what she's doing while she does it. So what confuses me is that they're trying to live between those. Mm -hmm. Somehow she's like making this very purposeful ice wall, but is now sobbing and hiding because she doesn't know what to do without on it you can't make her be a badass but also be like take the fangs away from her in the same icy cold breath it doesn't work this is the problem i had like they don't they don't know what to do with her
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so this this whole thing i hated this whole thing because then there was a walkie-talkie that she immediately knew how to use <laughs> even though she didn't understand what it was uh and it was just Emma just being like, you know, I believe in you that I believe that you know how to she Emma keeps saying melt the wall. But she doesn't melt the wall, she just makes a hole. A hole only slightly large enough to crawl through. Not to walk through, not to anything else, not a <laughs> garage door, not to completely dismantling this wall. She just makes a hole big enough that like a mid-sized dog could fit through. I it's the worst hole in the world. Like, what is this? Make a second one on top. Make like a snowman situation. What's happening? Uh anyway, while this is happening, Grumpy, Happy, and uh Granny uh Granny, I about say Grammy, sorry, that's what my son calls his (laughs) my mother in law. It's Grammy. They are in the basement of some place. I'm unclear on where they are.
1: I guess I think it's storybooks like power station. Apparently there are no electricians in town.
2: So here's... Oh listen, I'm, I'm going to try to keep this as succinct as possible and not scream because we still haven't even gotten to Bo Peep. As a mayor and or the ruler of a land, do... I don't know, we'll put it this way. If the same thing was happening and Regina was still the mayor, do you think Regina would be down there at 2 o'clock in the morning in a pencil skirt and her pumps pushing buttons and trying to read through a user manual? No! She would just get annoyed, throw a fireball at somebody and then call some call someone. That's what you do. You delegate. You don't actually do stuff. Are they trying
1: to say that Storybrooks never had a power outage from a storm or uh, somebody's, you know, wires were faulty? Maybe there was an electrical fire. This town has been around for decades. There have been electrical problems. There is an electrician in town. Who can fix this? There, Unless yes. the snow monster stamp, stamp, uh, trampled him in a, a deleted scene we did not witness.
2: The only damage he caused is killing the one electrician. All the wires still stayed, but we killed the electrician. I just, this whole scene made my skin crawl because then Snow barks at them and is not wrong. She just, she is a woman who is actively lactating. She's pissed. She hasn't slept in days She's tired. She's clearly on maternity leave. Leave the woman alone. You guys can't pick up a, a user manual? What's happening here? She's not wrong, but it's framed like she's wrong. Uh-huh. And I don't care for it. Don't I don't either. care for it at all because, again, they the power is out and she is trying. And as she's trying, they're just continuously yelling at her. Like, in what scenario is this a good way to assist somebody or get something done faster? It's not. This is team building 101. And the baby is,
1: like, not in his bed. He's in the cold, like, he's in the cold building in his, like, little, you know, his little stroller. She's trying to make sure he's sleeping that he's healthy, he's growing, he's thriving, and you've got these yabos like screaming next to
2: her about their DVDs. I, seriously. And also, listen, just little, like having a baby in a power station, not super cool dudes. Like, can't somebody like, hey, hey, I I would love for you to help with this as the mayor. I don't know what I'm doing. This is granny. I'm gonna go with granny as the only level-headed person here. Just be like, hey. I do need you to help because my business uh, is relying on its refrigerators. I will take the baby. I will (gasps) walk away with the baby and take care of him while you try to read through user manual. Why is the user manual not in a language that she can read? Why? I, I mean, everything about
1: this whole scene. To be fair, though, Granny is a boomer. And as we've seen on TikTok recently... Uh, boomers are
2: terrible grandparents so you don't trust boomers with babies <laughs> oh well that's true well I propped him up in front of the television he just watched that whole thing I started for reasons I will explain later I started watching an epi- a season of Survivor and it's Millennials versus Gen X and let me tell you about my blood boiling out of my body it's kids and their trophies Uh, so yeah but also, technically, I think a boomer, a boomer in, uh, like, Enchanted Forest times. Because she does have real boomer energy. Mm-hmm. Like, she, her war was being kind of a werewolf. Like, <laughs> like, she's just like, I don't understand the problem here. Which I think would have been a more interesting turn for her. Like, for her to have been more mad about this. But, like, for Snow to just be like, I'm sorry, didn't you used to be, like, you know, hunting Like, didn't you used to hunt all the time? I think you can deal with it for a couple of hours. Anyway, Snow is not wrong. And I'm kind of wondering if this comes back up in the next episode. Because they just walk away glaring at her. And she only gets to celebrate turning the power back on with baby Neil. And it's not even, like,
1: it's not celebrating standing up to them. It's not celebrating standing up for herself and her child. It's her celebrating doing what they wanted.
2: I do love the narrative turn of her not understanding how to turn it on, but then asking if the baby needs food and then for her to just go, food, it needs fuel. And that's how she, it's so corny and hokey to the point of, I'm not even mad about it.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do remember when this season first came out And they were doing like press press rounds beforehand. And I remember Jennifer Goodwin talking about like a big thing for Mary Margaret this season is like her embracing her role as a leader and and kind of subbing as mayor and all this stuff. And I'm like, if this is how it's going to be represented, I'm not that interested in it. I don't like it.
2: Yeah, I although it is like snow. I can't wait to talk about this more. Like, as it unfolds. But I will just say that, yeah, Snow has zero training in this. Like, this is the part of the story that you never hear of the prodigal daughter returning because she's been on the run in the woods for so long and being a thief and being up. A... Like, these people do not make competent rulers. Just make another Game of Thrones reference. I mean, they put, you know, a Baratheon on the thing. He just won a war. He's not a good king. He's a terrible king. He's a drunk who spends all the money. These people don't make... They need advisors. And Snow has no advisors. The people who I would say should be her advisors were the ones screaming at her. Mm-hmm. So it's... There's a lot to being, like, in charge. And I don't think a single person in that show or writing the show has enough information about it to be able to make that uh, narratively. I, I'll i be interested to see how this plays out. But she turns on the power. Um, not before... Charming and Hook get uh, get Emma out of the tiny hole. And Emma's like, oh, here. And she holds up the necklace and says, this is who we're looking for. We're looking for Anna. And as Hook is carrying like Emma in the fetal position down a very slippery hill, Charming like looks off into the distance a thousand yards. I know who we're looking for. And I know how to find her. And I know what we're going to need in order to find her. He knows three things immediately. Who she is, how to find her, and the tool we need. To the butcher shop. Smash cut to the enchanted forest.
1: I mean, I was going to say what we need is a a shoulder length
2: Fabio wig. But... Oh Oh my God. His wig got better. But like when he first opened the door... I wanted to turn the episode off. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, this busted ass wig. No. But also, yes, because
1: again, greatest storyline of all time. It has no flaws.
2: No. Yeah. I had to get through that. Like that was the initial shock. That's the okay. polar bear race of you got to get into the water. You got to get the acclimate and then you go forward. So it's like I, you have to deal with the, the Fabio wig with his middle part. All very Gen Z. Love in the look. This wig. This wig. Anyway. Yeah, this is... Take it.
1: Take it away, Ben. so we're uh, going to... Into the depths. We're going to travel back to the Enchanted Forest. We are retracing Princess Anna's steps as she makes her way to try and find out what her parents were trying to do, what their goal was in Miss Taven, a.k.a. the Enchanted Forest. And here's where we get our first, uh, what I'm going to just generously call cognitive dissidence in this episode, because... Um, David, who answers the door, the shepherd, the peasant, is in the traditional peasant's garb of uh, Once Upon a Time, a little bit dirty, a little bit realistic, natural fibers, kind of the M.O. with Once Upon a Time in the Enchanted Forest. And then you have Anna in her cartoon dress. The two do not look good together. No. They do not fit And it also doesn't track with Anna just having traveled across the open seas in the same outfit. She's, she doesn't have a laundress with her. Like, she's not getting this freshly tailored and cleaned. Like this, this thing is going to get dirty. She's going to have mud on her boots. She's going to have a little bit of dirt on the bottom of her dress. Um, she's going to have rain splatters on her hood. She's not going to look like a cartoon character, but as we have established, maybe that was a requirement
2: but we do not know she and and i did notice that where it just did look like a cartoon character fully stepped into the real world um which a couple of the shots is just cuz it is a bright blue skirt and a bright purple reddish whatever uh cape it's hard not to see and she still does she still outshines Bo Peeps dress color wise hysterically. Like you go ahead. I'll I'm jumping ahead. jump ahead. Yes, so uh
1: Anna shows up and um she asks for David because apparently David is friends with Kristoff. Obviously. I I don't know how they would know each other. But you know what? Perfect episode. So we don't need to ask questions about the things that don't make sense because it's perfect. She calls herself Joan. Um, there are mixed things about whether this is a reference to Hang In There Joan, Joan of Arc from Frozen, or if it's Jane Espenson making an in reference to Buffy because she was the writer on this episode. I'm guessing it's more the Frozen thing because literally everything is a freaking Frozen pun in this thing. I love sandwiches. Cold doesn't bother me i'm joan mm. it's it's a trifecta yeah. yes they're not being that clever
2: it's hanging there joan they no one strained any muscles putting frozen into the story no at all
1: easy easy peasy lemon squeezy give them the references so anna shows up aka joan and is like uh Christoph said you might be able to like let me stay a night. I'm just chilling. I'm on a secret mission. I'm going to be very cutely awkward. I I don't know how you felt like I know you like last week. We talked about her mannerisms and the scenes you liked versus the scenes I didn't like. I still do not like her mannerisms. I prefer Elsa's. I think Elsa's flow a bit more naturally within the Once Upon a Time world. These seem so out of place to me. But I wanna know what you
2: think. So I was thinking about this cause I knew you were gonna ask because mm-hmm. I, I loved her in this episode. I was like, I, I love this. I understand that it would be, it is very, it's a very weird contrast to the show itself being very super serious and taking itself very seriously. To have a character like Anna who is just like, <laughs> I'm on a secret mission uh, because I live in a castle. It, because I, I work there. I don't live there. And like, that am a king. But I think it's also like just a bit of personally, like everyone likes like Elsa because she's very broody and just everything. But it's just like, I recognize myself so much in a character like Anna. And I think that might be what it is. It's because if I got dropped into Once Upon a Time, this would be who I was. I would just be like an awkward, doesn't quite fit the vibe and won't stop talking. Like, I think that was kind of the vibe, the vibe I get because I identify with her and especially how like, how she's speaking. So like last week, the, you know, talking awkwardly while Elsa's clearly having a mental breakdown That's me. That's me. Like, if you're having a mental breakdown, that's, like, that's the version of me that you're getting. It's me desperately trying to, like, fix it, but also getting lost in my own thoughts. So, I can see how it might be jarring to see her dropped into the world. But I like, I like, I like this. I think that it's honoring to her character. But Elsa also fits because Elsa's doing the frozen characterization too but Elsa's also very super serious and super mm, broody so it easier to slide that in I I can understand that and I
1: respect it I don't feel that way myself this graded I get it. this graded my soul to be perfectly honest <laughs> but that's also a personal preference and and I'm not I get it you know that's not like a oh you're you know like I get
2: it. Beth hates everything about my personality. I got it. I
1: got it. I got it. No, no, no. no it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> but then we get the arrival just before, before anything can move forward. We get a carriage, horse and carriage and two, uh, two guards who are wearing the coats of Tweedledum and Tweedledee from Allison, the Alice in Wonderland spinoff. So we've got a crossover. We do, it's not sanctioned, but it's called reusing stuff. That's what the show does. And this is a warlord called Bo Peep, played by Robin Weigert, who was uh, who played Calamity Jane on uh what's the show called? uh Son of Anarchy? No, she was on Sons of Anarchy. Um it's uh oh um Deadwood. She played it on Deadwood. Calamity Ooh. Jane. Ooh. Okay. Um she, she gets work, she gets she's she's she gets around, and you can tell. She is having so much twisted fun playing this because she's like, I'm in this for one episode. Obviously, I don't matter in the grand scheme of things. I'm going to make this freaking count. I am playing a warlord mob boss. A little Bo Peep.
2: Where else would this exist? I need to milk this for all it's worth. This woman stepped on the set and started chewing scenery like it was her absolute, the only way she could survive. I loved this so much. They couldn't have thrown anything at her that I think would have made her blink. Like, your name is Lobo Peep. Got it. You're a warlord. Excellent. Here's this ridiculous shepherd's crook, which you will use to brand and locate people. Fantastic. You will also be wearing... This dress from Wet Seal. No, not Wet Seal. Uh, Windsor. Oh, my God. Did you have a Windsor where you were at? Ugh.
1: I've I never heard of Windsor,
2: all. but I did have a Wet Seal. Okay, Wet Seal one. Yeah, but no. Windsor, it had all the dresses in like the early 2000s that were just like, they they made every boomer's like skin fall off their body because it was just like, belly buttons? No, not to my dresses. Ankles? My God. They were every loud prom dress ever in midwest ohio got was purchased from windsor uh it was just this big cup that big cupcake this woman would not have blinked at anything they could have put a giant bonnet on her and she would have shown through it this is this is fantastic i love everything about this and how ridiculous it is it is because she shows up and she's just
1: like where's my money I provide protection. She doesn't specifi- specify how, but as we know, mob bosses, warlords, they don't need to really prove anything. They're just protecting you from them. They're like, I provide yeah. you protection from me.
2: And yeah. she's like, okay, you, you make the goods and you sell the good. Like it's a whole, it's a, it's a business. It's a, it's a business where the top
1: 1% benefit.
2: Girl, girl boss, gatekeep, gaslight's a whole situation.
1: Uh, Gaslight, like, girl, keep, girl, what uh, was what, that phrase again? Because I wanted to
2: add bow Peep to the end of it, but I screwed it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gaslight, girl, boss, no, get, it's yeah. Gaslight, Gaslight gatekeep, gate, keep, Bo bow peep. Girl, boss, bow Peep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it
1: rhymes. Yes. So good. And uh, obviously, you know, David, they don't have the money. Things have been a little bit tight. And so she's like, all right, well, then um, you can have it for you tomorrow. If you don't, I'm making my slaves here. I just branded you and I'm going to knock you to the ground with my shepherd's crook. I'm going to be super intimidating and scaring. Who's that? Uh, Don't worry about her. She's fine. Okay, then I'm not going to care about her. Give me my money. Okay, bye. I could have sworn. So this is the the head. This is just the the fantasy of Bo Peep lived in my head rent free for so long. I distinctly remembered that the shepherd's crook trapped people inside of it in like this weird hell dimension thing.
2: Okay, so I also had this weird thing because I thought Anna was trapped in the necklace. Yeah. So something we're we're on a wavelength here. I don't know what you and I both st- to, together deduced uh but yes i also had a misunderstanding of how the crook worked yeah but we also don't know where anna is now so you might be right later maybe she is trapped in, in the shepherd's crook in the hell dimension of it that's why it has in a heart dimension yeah yeah she's alive she's in a hell dimension but she's alive yay good for her Bo peep leaves david
1: is 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 destroyed this is this is going to destroy his farm. It's going to destroy his family. He doesn't know what to do. He feels very helpless. This is a very real problem. I mean, this is scary. And Anna comes in a uh, little miss class privilege and is like, hey, I'm a princess who's wanted for nothing. I don't know what it's like to ever financially suffer. Uh, stand up to her because, of the, you know,
2: what are consequences? Charming, have you ever considered pulling yourself up by your bootstraps? Like, I can't tell who's a bigger girl boss gatekeep,
1: uh, Bo Peep or Anna. Anna <laughs> in a scene where she's just, like, chastising Charming for being weak and not standing up for himself and, like, being a coward. I got so mad. She has a soldier army.
2: Sorry. I do love, like, the abusive, like, emotionally abusive parent vibe that she has where she's like... You're just going to give up? Wow, what a quitter. Oh my god, you're so terrible at this. Are you just you're just going to lay over and die? Wow, wow. But then like cut to her like telling his mom, I just helped him see what was already inside of him. It's like is that what you were doing when you were shoving him in a locker and giving him a noogie? No. <laughs> this the,
1: She offers to teach in a sword fight because she has a private army. And uh, what pursue, what ensues is a a a laughably beautiful, gorgeous, perfect scene I wouldn't change for the world where it's incredibly clear that the actress playing Anna does not know how to play sword fight, but they have to frame it like she's better than David, who's already done a lot of
2: sword fighting over the course of several seasons, and it's very fun because it's very bad. Oh, yeah. It's one actor trying to make himself look less knowledgeable and another trying to seem the most knowledgeable. They try so hard with different camera angles to make it not apparent. It just, you couldn't flip through them fast enough to make it not happen. I do appreciate how how quick of a learner that David is. I'm proud of him. Yeah, she talks
1: about, like, we're going to train you to stand up to Bo Peep in, like, 12 hours? Like, this... I don't... I don't think... Anna quite understands the gravity of what she's doing and the gravity of the situation she's put herself in. I think she's very sheltered. I think her experience with her sister has not given her enough perspective on how the real people deal with things. No. And I think the fact that it all worked out was a very lucky coincidence. And I
2: I saw it as like a 5% chance of success. Listen listen, I as much as I like Anna's characterization of how her personality goes, you're right. I mean, Anna has lived in a castle, uh just sheltered, never going out, never really meeting other people's social skills. not spectacular. uh at the end of the first movie when basically like almost married a guy she like was definitely getting like tinder swindled by and then like fell in love with the next guy that she met ultimately to marry him. Not a lot of life lessons to learn in there, other than communication is key with your sister and people you're about to marry. Like, even in the second Frozen movie, like, that tracks because she is just, she lives somewhere else. The most harrowing experience that Anna has is in Frozen 2. And it is just death. Like, yeah, her parents died, but I think it was, like, she was young and it was traumatic, but it wasn't, like, losing what she thinks is like for spoiler for Frozen 2 when she thinks she loses Elsa. It, she doesn't she doesn't. She has no life experience. She is the perfect po- uh princess uh sheltered dynamic which is super funny that she's training charming to be the man he is today. I love the show so much. <laughs> I love this show so much. Snow, this is your husband. He was shaped by a Pixar woman, a Pixar woman, and a nursery rhyme.
1: So. But I think we all know why Josh Dallas was very excited about this episode. And it wasn't just the wig, it was the fact that he got a literal three minute monologue. I clocked it. Where he tells the story of his alcoholic father. And how he died, because this show is very, very anti-drunk driving.
2: This? Holy cow. This is two drunk driving things in a row. And I I say that, I assume something... I, I don't know. Was there a push? Did something happen? I've got questions. I don't know, but
1: it's it's um, pretty close one after the other. And this, you know, not a coincidence is right around they're trying to appeal to a younger audience. So they got to make parents feel comfortable. Guys... Drugs, alcohol, do not pay.
2: Don't do drugs. This is everyone Elsa from Frozen. Don't do drugs, kid. Kids. And and if you have magic, hide it from everyone. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, this, this monologue, I mean, he
1: did a good job. And I did like the way that it was framed. Like, it was very long, lingering shots. It, it gave Josh Dallas a chance to really, you know, breathe in it and have some space within it. But also,
2: like, in the end, I felt like Anna wasn't actually listening to him. She was not. 100% she wasn't. Because then, like, her follow-up... Her follow-up is the... the fra- Like, the way she says... Because she, she's trying to, like... I don't even know how to explain it. She's just trying to lift him from that story. So, like, the whole time, if you watch her... She, her gears are spinning behind her head. She's doing that thing... Where you're not listening to the other person. You're just waiting for your turn to talk. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, he's talking about his dad. And his dad's a piece of shit. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, Well, you don't have to be a piece of shit, too. Like, you can fight. And it's like, what are you talking about? That is not the lesson of the story. The lesson is, like, sometimes you can't fight your demons. Like, that's, just go. I I don't. Characterization-wise, it tracks because she does not have a lot of real-world sense, but neither of them could conceptualize the fact that they were both branded. Like, Bo Peep tells them straight up, you are now branded? I can find you anywhere. And Trevor's is like, I'm just going to run. And she's like, you can't run. Why not? Correct answer. Because you've been branded, so you need to stand and fight or she'll just find you anyway. The answer is uh, because you're a coward bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so Charming eventually, you know, he finds his mojo. He goes to confront Bo Peep, who's lounging in her gazebo like a boss.
2: I love this so much. Like, what a weird little, like, cabana situation she has going for herself. I love this. Where are they? You know, it This this
1: felt like Marie Antoinette with her little uh, manufactured farm that she would go to. It still had to have the yeah. lap of luxury in it, even when she was cosplaying as a farmer. But, so Charming stands up, fights the Tweedledum, Tweedledee, kicks their asses. Bo Peep's like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to fight. She does marginally better than Anna, but not much. Like... These these women were not designed to fight swords because they're not trained for it. But it's still very cute. And it doesn't take long for Charming to outsmart her in a Looney Tunes-esque manner. Where she gets her, her sword stuck in the tree and then is just like trying to grab it out. And then Charming, t- like, this woman gets pushed up against a lot of walls. Why did they do that?
2: Everyone just I, throws her I around. Don't I don't know. I, I Maybe mean, it was in a writer. I just need to be roughed up. It's like, okay, it's weird. Um, I do like that, like, I, and that 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 tracks with Charming's character at this point. Like, because he then later goes on to cartoonishly outsmart a dragon. So, like, this, Charming is very big on think smarter, not harder. And that makes sense, even though his sword play was not fantastic. Uh, I, I wish we had more Bo Peep. I do. She too. would have been. She would have been a hilarious, hilarious like like season long villain. Like give Bo Peep the Peter Pan treatment. Oh, my God. Or just have her show up occasionally just to stir up
1: the pot because she's just so, so much fun. We don't have a lot of fun villains apart from like Rumple when he's in his Rumpel shtick. We don't have a lot of villains who just enjoy being villains and are fun. And she's one of them. But alas, this is her only appearance. R.I.P. We love. I mean, you're, she's still alive, so not R.I.P. She could. She could still come back. Once upon a time, reboot starring the villain Bo Peep. It's.
2: I love it. Once upon a time, reboot the bitch. Just Bo Peep. It's just colon Bo Peep. Uh, yeah. And Anna is being kept in a barn. Question mark. Yes,
1: yeah. So a Charming gets the shepherd's crook from Bo Peep after tying her up with the loosest ribbon ever. Like she's getting she's gonna escape in like four seconds, but Charming doesn't doesn't exactly think ahead. And he uses the crook to find Anna because she has been permanently branded and she is in the barn about 40 feet away. He goes and finds her. They have their heartfelt reunion. The mom remarks that she saved him, that she's changed him, because a woman's role in the world is to change a man. Good for you, girl. Girl, boss, it good do your job. And then she gets a horse as thanks. And she... An old
2: horse. Didn't Charming's dad die when he was six? Yeah. Okay, so this horse is like minimum uh, 20 years old.
1: Yeah, but Anna didn't really think to ask that. So that's not, a- that's not Charming's fault.
2: Here's a horse that we were probably getting ready to like send off to pasture. Oh, great! His knees are terrible. He needs to take naps constantly. I mean, it's like buying a used car. If you don't ask what year it is, do they have to tell you? <laughs> so you know. that would that would one hundred percent be Anna. I love this. She's like, I love this horse. Uh, this horse has two milky eyes. Uh, you need to not <laughs> take. But I horse
0: like the cup holders.
2: <laughs> His name is Daffodil. I love him. I love him so much. Dies 30, 30 feet down the road. <laughs> Immediately. And she gets a
1: name. The The mother won't say it because it scares her so. But she writes it down. It is Stiltskin. But lo and behold, uh Stiltskin is already watching
2: her. They drug that out too long. I
1: know. We know.
2: We know, we know exactly what's happening here. But again... I- I got frustrated, and then I, I just keep having to go back to they're trying to pull in new viewers. Mm-hmm. So if they're trying to pull in fresh viewers, they need to do this draw out. This, this setup was not for us. This was for the people who watched Zero once upon a time before going into season four.
1: For the newbies. For the newbies.
2: Disgusting. Ugh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and guys, that 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 is... The conclusion of the greatest origin story of all time, how Princess Anna taught Prince Charming how to sword fight so he could defeat a mob boss, Little Bo Peep. You can't, you can't come up with anything better than that. That is the greatest thing that has ever been uttered by
2: humankind. I, I just... I started laughing before we even started recording because I pulled up the uh, Once Upon a Time fandom page for Boop Peep, and it's just like, occupation, butcher, next line, warlord, parentheses, previous. It's like, what? It's like, what what was your job before you were a butcher? I was a warlord. A what now?
1: (laughs) But now she's a butcher. Uh, She works at the chop shop. It's, you know... Take that for what it is—a little gross, a little gruesome. She got some nice um, pink splotches on her her butcher's apron, and Charming's gonna go pay her a visit and throw her against a wall again.
2: Listen, there was so much like weird Charming sexual energy happening in this episode, including in the back, because I know that some people started shipping Anna and Charming together mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, but I do appreciate that they were just like two two buds. Two dude, two just two dudes. Uh, didn't know know what, but yeah, there was definitely some chemistry there. Also, I just thought of this. Do you think that they were maybe? It got away from them. Do you think at some point they were just like, we will make Bo Peep a butcher, okay, and then we're gonna we're gonna have a baker, okay, and then we're gonna introduce a candlestick maker, <laughs> and they will be <laughs> the three nursery rhyme villains. I that we. That would be the kind of once upon a time long term joke that I would absolutely pay off for me. <laughs> These are the three villain queens. Who are they? They're the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. See, we, I, we need to keep an eye out for in
1: the future if we get an evil baker, and then if we get an evil something akin to a candlestick maker, we can tie it all together and discover the greatest Easter egg of all time. We will be millionaires. millionaires.
2: I will. I will make this. I. am going to will manifest this into reality. Let's go. Anyway, back to charming manhandling a butcher.
1: Yes. So he heads there. Um. And Hook is there too. They. They get the shepherd's crook. They bring it back to the wall. And then, as they are trying to warm up Emma from the rescue. Not doing the thing you're supposed to do when someone has hypothermia, which is get everybody naked, and like this could have been an opportunity for 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 naked hook and Emma, in a way that's still a family friendly because you got
2: to get her warm. Didn't anybody watch Twilight? No, no one watched any Twilight. Oh, uh, I mean that didn't really work because I mean didn't then they used Jacob and Jacob ran a lot warmer, but also well, they, not yeah, but to... he was still shirtless because you got you got to get. But you're also not Twi- supposed to like. Warm people up quickly, which is what they cut to her, do- them doing to her. They're like, they've got her in a thousand blankets and a space heater right at her feet. <laughs> Just like, she's going to die. Yes. But before that, <laughs> no, she's fine.
1: They, they warm her up very quickly. And they use the shepherd's crook to fry and lo- try and locate Anna. They cannot find her. It is, it, it, it is a search error. Um, turns up zero results. But they do get a heartbeat. Which apparently, which means she's alive. I legit thought that meant she was under the floorboards for a hot second. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're going Edgar Allan Poe pretty quickly. This is very gruesome I, and I don't appreciate it.
2: Oh, uh, an amazing turn of events. We've just, we've run out of fairy tale characters. We've moved into gothic gothic literature. Yes. No, it's that's not until season six. Cask, Cask of the Armadillo
1: is going to be wild. <laughs> <laughs> and that gives them all hope that things will turn around. But we also get hope elsewhere. You know, Mary Margaret finds her hope in turning on the electricity and then feeding her baby alone because no one's helping her, not even her husband. And then you also get Henry uh, bringing, you know, bringing hope back to Regina and being like, I'm not going anywhere. You are my mom. Don't worry about the fact that I was maybe wanting to erase, your, erase you from my memory that
2: didn't happen. <laughs> Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind has entered the chat. <laughs> and she does open the I door. I miss my room. And they have I miss a, my room.
1: Yes. And they have a hug. It's very sweet. And it's a very lovely moment. But that moment is interrupted by the fact that Elsa cannot bring down the ice wall. Because something else
2: is, is, is keeping that magic. So... Not for nothing. I just want to point out that I love that even spiraling into depression after a, after a breakup, that uh, Regina is in her own home fully dressed for work, even though she has said she doesn't want to be the mayor anymore. She looks immaculate. Like, that is a control freak going, I can control two things, my hair and my outfit. And I will walk around proudly, even though no one will see me, holding it together.
1: I mean, it, holding it together. That's that's just, that's Regina. She can never look no. less than perfect.
2: No. So Emma and Elsa tried to take down the wall, and uh, it doesn't work. And Emma's just like, "Huh? If you can't take down the wall, I wonder what is keeping up the wall." And I say that like that because it's just such a corny setup. To cutting to yet another seat place that we don't know, although I think we do know that place, don't we? I- did you tell me this in the last episode or yes. afterwards? This is the
1: former, this is the former home of uh, the vet, the veterinarian office. So this, Ugh. we've seen the sign this season. This is the old storefront for uh, Charming's veterinarian shop back when he was David as David and wasn't the we are both David Charming hybrid.
2: <laughs> i love the idea of just being like we're sorry we are no longer a vet clinic we're sorry about your animal you get a free ice cream uh they go in there is a woman behind the counter and grumpy is there this is the beginning of the there are no townspeople story brook because grumpy is just everywhere But I also enjoy that Grumpy, and we've known this about him, this is not a new revelation, but Grumpy is like that old fisherman dude in town who has nothing better to do than to gossip and bitch about stuff. He's just like, I'll have one ice cream, please. And she scoops him an ice cream. and He's just like, wow. But that power outage that Snow White did basically nothing about really hurt your business. She was like, no, it's fine. He's like, oh, okay, I guess. And leaves because... Those guys don't care for it when you don't bitch back. Like it they 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 thrive off of the drama. Yeah, no they they grumpy... they need the feedback loop. He she needed to be like I lost so many pints of ice cream and he would have like run back to tell all of the other dwarves and be like guys, you'll never believe what the lady at the ice cream store told me. He would drama. Like he would the hottest scream of it. tea.
1: It's the ice cream. It's the curse. No ice cream. <laughs>
2: There's no ice cream at the store! They ran out of rum raisin! There's no Rocky uh,
0: Road!
2: <laughs> the vanilla is classic and not... Ch- it's got the specs in it. So, she's like, no, it's it's fine. And they back up. This is going to be a very strange hill to die on, but I'm so mad about this last scene because they need to tell you who this is. They show a giant gallon no two probably two or three gallon of ice cream container full of cream liquid cream room temperature cream and she just waves her hand over it and turns it into ice cream Uh, then later leans on if that wasn't enough for you to get through your big thick skull she then leans back on the the freezer and a big freeze burst comes out from around her shoulder beth that's not how ice cream works at all it's just not cold cream there's churning there's chemistry involved i'm so mad about this like in an irrational way do you want to build a fro-yo that's yogurt it's even more different (laughs) (laughs) it's a whole different set of chemistry damn it oh this is whole i also love by the way what a cheap ass. Did you see how tiny her ice cream cones were? Get out of here with those. She, she, I've never been to an ice cream shop that doesn't give you anything less than a full pint of ice cream on top of the smallest sugar sugar cone you've ever seen in your life.
1: I mean, Grumpy's a cheap ass. Maybe he wanted the child size because that's all he could afford.
2: I, can I get the kid sprinkles on top? No, those are only for children. <sighs> Ageist.
1: Agent, you didn't even
2: want. To, ah! You didn't want to
1: talk about how bad your ice cream business suffered because of snow.
2: Good yeah, day, you didn't ma'am. Do the, at the Dairy Queen down the street, they turn their up and down. You can, why aren't you going to put my ice cream upside down? Are you afraid it's going to fall off? Why don't? What what consistency? Is your ice cream, ma'am? <sighs> anyway, uh, ta-da! We have a snow queen. Yes, we have Jesus. a an ice cream queen who has the powers of. Liquid nitrogen, I guess. And stirring. You have to... It, there's a <laughs> churning process. God damn it. <laughs> there's a lot of stirring. I've also made liquid nitrogen ice cream. There's still stirring involved. It's a thing. So mad. I'm making ice cream this weekend. I don't even care. And you're like, I'm, I'm going to make it to prove a point. Abby's Mythbusters just be like, I can't just... The world's worst YouTube series. Hooray. Or TikTok. That's what everyone's on. TikTok, TikTok. I'm cool. TikTok. Oh yes. But everyone, on that note,
1: this was season four, episode two, White Out. Which I mean we didn't talk about the title. I think the title's stupid. I think it's like a play oh, on blackout. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. It snows white. Fine. Whatever. It's stupid. But that aside,
2: greatest episode of all time. Greatest episode of all time. This is, this is arguably, I'm not going to say the full show jumped the shark at this moment, because I think that moment happens during this season at some point, but not in this one. But this was definitely like peak idea. Like this was the greatest idea of all time. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that it didn't get filed down. Uh, this is the chaos I signed up for. One hundred percent.
1: Yeah, this and it's lived on. Like this one off villain is you 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 see more mentions to Bo Peep Mob Boss than most other villains on the series. Like Hades, forget about it. Like, um, unfortunately, Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde, n- no no mention. You can't turn a web page about Once Upon a Time without somebody talking about Bo Peep the Mob Boss because this was just so kooky bananas that it's legendary. It go down in history
2: this this season specifically elicits such an emotional response from once upon a time fans. And it is spectacular to see which way and for why their emotions do the things that they do because a lot of the times people are like oh no i really like the frozen storyline but bo peep like they're they like some things but not others but never all of it i've also noticed Mm -hmm. it's like i really liked frozen but i hated bo peep i really liked bo peep but i hated the frozen stuff or i liked all of the first part and the ingrid stuff uh but then the author stuff later terrible terrible awful like this this whole thing's terrible or whatever and it's just it's so funny to just see where the lines get drawn i am just i am knee deep because it's also fairly recent there's reddit posts of people doing live watches and stuff and those live watch threads of these episodes i'll have to send one to you for next week beth they're hysterical like the speculation that people are having as to what's going on and you're just like oh you sweet summer child like i oh that (sighs) sounds fun it's. It makes me want to, I, and I know people talk about this all the time, but like, I, it makes you want to like, as Henry tried to do at at Mr. Gold's shop, remove the memory from your brain, <laughs> but in order to then re-ingest it, because I would give anything to re-watch Bo Peep not knowing it was happening, like, for it to be like, oh no, who's coming? And be like, oh my God, is it Rumple? And it outsteps the 2011 prom queen who is also like on chicago pd and she's gonna hit you with a cane and she's like hi i'm and she says in the most serious of tones bo peep <laughs> like i you can't you cannot rewatch that in the same awe no as you did the first time no it's re-watchability is still really high but the smack in the face as to what's happening just the hey what wake up something weird's happening you just can't relive
1: you can't, I love no it. you cannot well everybody thank you so much for joining us for this the, <laughs> the greatest episode epi- the last episode <laughs> we did it we did it guys this podcast is over forever we have, we have accomplished great things, nay, perfect things, and there's nowhere else we can go. So, great job. Bravo to all of us.
2: No, 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 no. We will be continuing to do this podcast forever. Once we get to the end of season seven, we're just going to start back over again. Yeah, just, <laughs> we're just going to keep watching this until we die. It's just the sad truth is it's
1: all downhill from here. Like, you can't top this, so.
2: I, I... Mm. I truly, I truly agree. Like, it's really hard. Like, again, it's not jumping the shark so much. It's just setting your bar really high for the, the way the rest of this plot goes. Especially considering she doesn't, she's not part of the rest of the plot. I'm so excited.
1: Yes. Guys, we did it. We did it. Yay. Well, first we want to thank our wonderful patrons, especially our... Snow Queen patrons. This week's patrons shout out goes to Samantha Hustle. Thank you, Samantha, for supporting us. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, get access to early access to episodes, bonus content, and a special thank you. Uh, you can head to patreon.com slash timing. You can uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Beth Alderkin. I am at Just underscore Abby. And we are going to be back next week with season four, episode three,
2: Rocky Road. What? Whoa. (gasps) That was not planned. Synchronicity. Ah. Well, I think we know what we're covering next week. Yes. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and Abby. We will see you next week. See you next week.